everyone. My name's Michael Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. And welcome to another episode of Make Ours Marvel. This is episode 87 of the show. And it is a big one, folks, because this is it. What, 86 episodes of The Avengers in various <laughs> well, solo and, and joined yeah, forms? That's true, yeah. More or and less. And now the lineup is changing. That is actually interesting way to think about it because at first i was like no we haven't been talking about the avengers for 86 episodes because they just started but we kind of have other than a couple just fantastic four only world for a little while right but but even then the hulk came in pretty quickly and the ant-man was there pretty ant-man quickly. ant-man was by our second episode i think yeah yeah so yeah the avengers date back to the very beginning as wow. solo characters yeah that's crazy and now well crap um Ant-Man, he's going to be leaving soon, like for a while. Yeah, he, like he soon, was, like by this episode. Well, I think he has one more Astonish issue. Oh, I meant in Avengers, but yeah. He's leaving Avengers, but he has one more Astonish issue, and that's it. That's Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne are out of the comic for a while. Yeah. Okay, well, so, yeah, big stuff is shaking and changing, but that's all later in the episode. Yeah, we're just going to save the best for last, and get through these first two first not to say that they're bad but they're not the best in fact the first one is actually a a somewhat um dramatic change Mm -hmm. in the lives of our howlers Mm -hmm. this one's on me sergeant fury 18 killed in action once again sudden death claims another victim you will never forget the ending of this powerful war masterpiece and you know Did did we say where we are as far as when? Remember. Yeah, as far as when. Sorry. Uh, I did not say the date. Um, this is going to be March 11th. So we're starting the second week of release in March. In 1965 still? Yeah. We haven't got through that yet. No. No, that's going to take a while. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Um, on the cover are all the Howlers. To one, so you wonder who's going to die. Mm-hmm. There are two characters on the cover who are never on the cover. And those are Happy Sam Sawyer and... Pamela Hawley. Mm-hmm. So it's our entire cast of characters as far as who's going to die. And uh, it's just interesting because they had to put people on the cover who were never on the cover to make it uh, more interesting. But, um, uh, well, they, they skipped the sidekick or the, I want to say sidekick mascot. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. And <clears throat> got to put a pin on this cover. Cause I have something to say about it after you're done telling the world okay. what happens but do you want to talk about the cover first or do you want to talk no, about the, the story let's not spoil the story for those who haven't okay read so stanley is of course our writer dick ayers penciler chick stone anchor and artie simic letterer bring you a drama torn from the holocaust of world war ii a tale you will never forget another interesting choice of words yeah been, yeah i don't know it's just it's just has a torn, specific connotation in connection torn with Torn from the Holocaust? <laughs> was the Holocaust stuff even in this issue? No, just the lowercase no. H of Holocaust. Just like right. all the horrible, horrible stuff that's going on mm-hmm. in the war, but not the Holocaust with a capital H. Except they capitalize every letter. So is that oh. what they mean? Or is that yeah, not what they mean? Yeah, it's hard to know. All right. Okay, so... Nick Fury is out on a date with the lady Pamela Hawley when an air raid comes in. And so they've got to get to safety. They go and hide. Actually, they don't go and hide. Pamela says she's going to go help people. And Nick says he's going to go try to fight the uh, the air vehicle. So he gets in a plane, goes in the air, fights the people. And that's all done. 
Um, he calls Pan to check in with her. She's doing just fine. She survived the air raid and was able to help some people. He hangs up the phone. He's like, you know what? You know, this is, this is the one. When she talks to me, it sounds like I have a chance with her. You know, we spent all this time together. I don't know what she likes in me, but you know what? I'm going to ask her to marry me. And so he uh, goes back to the, um, to the cabin, sees his guys. Bull McGivney's there. He says a few raunchy things. Oh, Nick Fury starts writing a letter to Pam telling how much he loves her. Bull sees it, starts making fun of it. So Nick Fury punches him one. Um, he gets called into the briefing room for a new mission. They've got to go and destroy or cripple a German raider that's docked in a Norwegian seaport. Uh, they can't do an air raid because too many innocents might get killed. So they're sitting in the Howler's team to take care of it. And Fury's like, okay, I'll do this. But can I have a pass, a three-day pass for afterward? Because he figures he's going to go, you know, see his see his beloved and make some moves. He puts the ring on a chain and wears it into action. So they go, they go to Norway, they infiltrate a German camp, they dress up as German soldiers, um, they capture some German soldiers and take their clothes. Um, various and sundry things happen. At one point, Nick goes onto the actual raider, the ship, and the captain is there and they fight and he punches the captain out the window. Um, the captain in the process grabs his dog tags and pulls them off, which drops his ring as well. So he dives into the water to rescue his ring because that ring's going to end up on Pam's finger no matter what. And no crummy war can keep her from getting it. And uh, so, yeah, everything's going smoothly. They uh, they everyone's off the ship. So what's his name? Izzy puts the explosives on there and they trigger him from far away. And it's all great. So they get back to the um, the camp and Nick Fury is in a hurry because he needs to go and see Pam. Um, Sawyer tries to talk to him on his way out. He's like, just tell me later. I got to go. And Fury drives up to the house. The other howlers meet him there. He's like, what are y'all doing here? They're like, we got something to tell you. You got to wait. He's like, no, no, no. I got to go see Pam. And then I'm going to come back out here. Then you can talk to me. Gets up to Pam's house. Her dad answers the door and says, they were supposed to tell you while you were out, um, she was killed in another air raid. She was helping the wounded and a bomb fell. And her last words before the end came were, tell my wonderful American sergeant how much I love him. And Nick Fury drops the ring on the steps and walks away. Caps Grief. Grief affects different people in different ways. Next issue, we shall see the change it makes in oh Nick boy. Fury. Oh, boy. So, last issue, they teased someone was going to die. Uh-huh. And you said, or asked me if I had any inkling as to who that could be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, because, like, it's not like they hinted anything, you know? Like, it could be anybody, really, except Fury and Dum Dum, essentially. Right. As soon as I saw this cover, it's like, oh, it's her. Because, like, everybody else is a howler. So, yep. it's like, which one of these does not belong here? And, of course, when you open the book and the first bit of the story is how much he loves her and he's going to ask her to marry him, it's like, yup, she's yep. a goner. I mean, just by the cover, conceivably, it could be Sawyer. It could be. He, yeah. you know, he doesn't go into action any more than Pam does. But, um, but yeah. Nah, I went with the girl. <laughs> um. 
And this kind of death of a female character is the sort of thing that's kind of looked at problematically a lot these days. Uh-huh. I don't want to call this an example of that trope, but it probably is. It's just, you know, the sort of thing where Pamela Hawley has barely been a character mm-hmm. and her death is not part of her story here. Her death is part of Nick Fury's story, which is the way things used to be all the time. And it's this trope we're trying to move away from in the modern day storytelling. So I'm not going to fault this really too much, but um, but it is the kind of story now that you don't really want to tell as much. Yeah, it's the death in re- or death in refrigerator syndrome yeah. or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah i mean her only note was basically whatever it was that influenced nick though like she hasn't had her own uh, agency or anything really (laughs) other than like you know she's there to tell him to be a proper gentleman that's basically been her entire note (laughs) yeah three or four times we've had her she's been most interesting in her first and last appearances those were the only two times she actually got to be a nurse and do her Mm -hmm. job and care about her brother and all that stuff or whoever it was her uncle or i guess yes rescuing her brother was that one that was the that was her first appearance right oh it was her first appearance lord ha ha holly who was Mm -hmm. actually modeled after an actual character actual yeah and then they never and then nick never told her that like he was actually a nazi and all that stuff right so that was kind of interesting but yeah, much like uh, Torch's girlfriend, it's like the promise of interesting, and then it kind of went nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think Alicia Dor- Masters Dory's has had been, a lot more screen time than Pamela has. She has, but like initially, it was kind of cool that she hated him being the Torch, and this was going to be interesting because that's like his favorite thing in the world to be. And then they sort of, she's just there now, shopping when she needs to be shopping or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. Um. Sad though. Yeah. And the uh, ending, I mean, even though you kind of saw it coming, I thought the ending was very effective. It was, because Kirby is good at being dramatic. Um, boy, they really piled on the drama, though. Like, like Happy can't tell him, and <laughs> then he drives all the way over there, and everybody can't tell him, and then he gets inside, and finally Dad tells him. Imagine that for the dad, though. He's like, they were supposed to tell you. I didn't I want to have to do this. Right? It's a good thing I'm having didn't... my own grief here. I don't need to. <laughs> good thing he didn't clock me. I don't know what it means that we shall see a change in Nick. Because what's interesting is when he was happy here, everybody saw a change in Nick. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that normally he's not happy? Because I figured just because he's yelling all the time doesn't mean he's unhappy. That's just his way. Right. I don't remember exactly what happens next okay. issue to, to, to portray that change. I also obviously don't know how relationships work. Because in Spider-Man – People are dating multiple women. Mm-hmm. Um, we in Daredevil working together means you can propose to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, Nick and Pam have actually seen each other quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They have been doing the most dating almost of all of our characters. Mm-hmm. And yet Nick still isn't sure that he has a chance with her. I think it's weird. I think Nick is a very confident man. In ways of like, you know, I'm pretty good with a machine gun and, and I can beat you barehanded and, and uh, you know, lead a war and stuff. But he also thinks he's a caveman and mm-hmm. gets, seems to get nervous about things. Like like that was a great comical scene when they – I think her first appearance or one of her early appearances when they went and had tea. And his, yes. his cup was shaking because he was so nervous about nervous. it because like he doesn't want to be part of a – you know, the posh society. He doesn't think he fits in there. So I can – I actually think this is – pretty on character for him at this point in his life that he would find her to be like too good for him. Like, you know, she's a lady and he's just a caveman. 
basically. He actually is. I mean, he, he is literally nobility. She, I'm sorry, is literally nobility mm-hmm. in a country that still has that concept, at least to some extent. In fact, it'd yeah. be interesting if she didn't die, because would dad have been cool with it? I mean, we don't know her dad at all, so I have no idea what the answer is, but that could have been some drama. Mm-hmm. Furies and Sawyer's dynamic is always entertaining. They had a good scene in this one. Mm-hmm. He's asking for time one. off. Yeah, and Sawyer's just like giving him crap about it. I, I was trying to get to the page while I was talking. Um, if something must have happened to Nick, he sounds like a normal, respectful non-com. He must be sick. Exactly. That's what everybody's saying because he's like happy and going to ask her to marry him. Um, taking the ring to the battle seems a little insane to me, but to each their own. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I understand you want to have it with you and you love her, and, and that's what they do. You take mementos of the person you love into battle, but like the ring, mm-hmm. if anything happens to that, it's not exactly cheap to replace. Exactly. Well, we assume. Yeah. Um, I was convinced that he was not going to be able to save it in the water, and that was going to be some foreshadowing of her future. But he did catch it just to make it so like everything worked out perfectly fine. <laughs> okay, so page nine, panel two, had maybe one of the better gags of this series. Nick Fury and Dum Dum are dressed up as uh, German mm. guards. Yeah. And Fury says, okay, Corp, let's go and relieve us more guards. Remember, you're supposed to look like a Nazi. If anyone else said that to me, I'd plaster them all over the map. I'd rather look like a gorilla. Yeah, well, I got news for you. Don't <laughs> say it, pal. I left myself wide open for that one. I love that panel. That was good. That was good stuff. I tweeted that one when I was reading it, just because it's too funny. Um, okay, so on page 11, um, Dino, I think, and one other person are in a motorcycle and sidecar. Mm-hmm. But the first, the, the most noticeable view you have of it is directly from the side where it looks like a little bitty car. And I was like, I know German cars can be small, but this seems a little much. And then I saw the first panel before where it's like, oh, it's a sidecar on a, on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Little one wheel car or two wheel car. Yeah. It's a, it's a little weird for a car with one wheel, but you know. Yeah. They have to throw that swastika on there though, just to make sure you know it's a German sidecar. So I am not good at guessing endings, or at least I wasn't good at guessing endings whenever I first read this, because it was the mission going successfully, mm-hmm. and everything going exactly as it should, and they get back to base. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, wait a second. He's going to go see Pam now. Yep. Because we we knew there was a death coming. You know it's coming from the previous issue, from the title, and the cover. everything's going fine. People, no one's dead yet. The yeah. entire mission is over and all the howlers have survived. Yeah. And she was also left in a war zone. Yeah. Yeah, so, she was. I mean, they really kind of just, they should, I almost wish they didn't project this so much, but I guess you got to sell magazines. Like they have, yeah. it, they have it right there on the cover and she's like in a war zone and he's like, you should really go home. No, I'm going to stay. I'll be fine. Wink. And then he leaves. And spends the entire issue pining about her. So, yeah, she's going to die. It is children's fiction after all. Yeah, it is. And it was sad. And But, you know, I also saw it coming, I guess. But I'm interested to see what the new Nick Fury is going to be. Is that just going to mean grumpier or defeated or what? He's going to lose an eye over it. <laughs> nope. We know that's not true. We've seen 1963 Nick Fury already. Right. He still has his eye. Yep. So he gets through the war, I guess, without yes. that space alien cat. <laughs> oh, did you hear the reveal today? What? 
Okay, so, all right, this is all, everyone, we're going to go off topic for just a minute. We're done with the comic anyway, but hold on. Okay, so, um, in, hold on, I'm going to make sure I have my stories right. In Captain Marvel, uh-huh. Nick Fury makes a passing comment about how he doesn't cut sandwiches into triangles. In Avengers Age of Ultron, uh-huh. Nick Fury cut his sandwiches into triangles. Oh, so they that's how you knew it was a scroll the whole time or something? Ever since Shield fell and Nick Fury went into hiding, mm-hmm. Nick Fury has been in hiding. It's been a scroll ever since Winter Soldier. Was Age of Ultron after Winter Soldier? Yes, it was, yeah. huh? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? I was wondering about that because who's to say, you know, you introduce a scroll in the 80s or whatever that took place. Yeah could be anybody which means i mean i kind of gave them credit for having some plans for this universe Mm -hmm. but i hadn't realized that was part of the plans that's some that's some bendis level i'm gonna write avengers and put scroll teases (laughs) in the very first issue so he's been in space on vacation this whole time maybe this entire time wow so what what oh oh i don't know i really like his save in age of ultron though that sucks it's not him yeah. But otherwise, I can't think of much he's done off the top he's of my head. He's been very low profile. The Avengers Age of Ultron appearance was his most notable appearance until Spider-Man, and it was tiny. Was he in Spider-Man? He wasn't in the first Spider-Man, just the second one. Just the second one, yeah. And he was an idiot in that one, so I was cool that he ended up being a scroll. But yeah, Age of Ultron, I don't know if I want that to be scroll, uh, but they didn't ask me, so who cares? All right. Shall we move on? Let's move on. Strange Tales. That is a strange tale. Let's talk about a new strange tale. Strange Tales number 133, to be exact, um, with two different split down the covers. But I'll start with Torch and Thing. It's called The Terrible Toys, written in the magnificent Stan Lee tradition, illustrated in the majestic Bob Powell manner, inked in the what? Magniloquent? Magniloquent. Magniloquent Mick... DeMeo style letter in the mortgage Sam Rosen home. Awesome. Um, this story actually starts in the middle and then goes backwards. So I think I'm just going to start in the backwards. Um, basically, I think they're like at a mall or something. Um, and the boys are like, oh, this is lame. There's no cars and sports and death and stuff. And they're like, oh, come on, relax. And as they're walking around, they all kind of trip out on this one mannequin that looks really real. Like, I think Thing bumps into it and apologizes and everybody makes fun of him. And then Alicia's like, I want to touch it and see what you guys are talking about because I'm into, you know, that sort of thing. And this hand reaches out and tries to stop her and says, you can't touch that. And, of course, the Thing almost breaks the guy's arm off. And he's like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. He's like this um, um, fester-looking dude, basically, but green. So, you know, he's evil because it's the Marvel Universe in the 60s. Um And to apologize, he invites them all to his art show, and they all go – the girls are like, yay, and the boys are like, oh, man, probably no cars there either. But okay. Um, Anyway, he goes down – the Fester guy goes down to his secret evil lab, and he reveals that he is the puppet master with a face change. Um, he got he got plastic surgery. He got plastic surgery because I can't remember. Was he just trying to hide, or did something bad happen on his last? I appearance? think he was honestly just trying to hide. He was just I trying mean, to he, hide. Yeah. Maybe he realized those eyes were just you know unfortunate. 
And then somewhere along the way, he also figured out that he could turn people into statues. And he also figured out that he can uh, make statue stuff come to life. It's kind of arbitrary and weird. But anyway, he creates like this toy queen statue thing and has it all ready to go. So that night, they go to the art show. And the two girls are going around touching everything. And Thing and Johnny are like, you know what? Let's We're bored. Let's go downstairs and talk to that weird fester guy now and get it over with so that we can get this evening rolling and then maybe we can go bowling afterwards or something so they go downstairs um and they see the fester guy who's actually the puppet master like behind this glass in a laboratory creating puppets of the thing and human torch so they don't love that too much and they attack immediately this big honking metal apparatus comes out and grabs the thing and it's really powerful and he can't break loose and the queen looking toy apparently shoots ice because her design is to stop the human torch so that works and she keeps doing that over and over again every time he's trying to flame on um the puppet master sends a note up to the girls and says you know not to worry they're in the cellar and you know they'll wait for you blah 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 so they don't even know that their two guys are in, in trouble um, back downstairs Johnny comes up with a cool idea he jumps behind the thing who's still trapped in that mechanoid robot thing the uh, the doll shoots ice all over the thing um, to the point where it freezes up enough on the mechanism so that he can break out or no because Johnny melts it or something like that so then the two then the thing punches the doll and that knocks her in half um, meanwhile the puppet master is inside his lab trying to do something with some doohickey they don't like that so the thing tosses the the thing that was like holding him the robot thing through the window it doesn't break the window but it makes the puppet master jump backwards and underneath the radioactive emitter ray thing that he uses to create all this stuff so that like turns him into a mannequin um the boys decide let's not tell alicia because it's a weird conversation and we don't want to deal with it. So they go back upstairs and just act like, oh, yeah, we saw the art guy, but he had to go. So anyway, can we go bowling now? And they all leave and uh, the girls suggest they go find more art galleries. And the boys are like rats. The end. This was definitely a comic book that was published. <laughs> <laughs> so he just, um, I don't I mean, he doesn't look like that now. So this is a temporary uh, complete change. Okay, so here's one note on that. Um, there is a little bit later Puppet Master story I've read. Mm-hmm. It sticks out in my mind because it's actually a crossover between two different series. I think three different series. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looks completely different from his earlier appearances and more like this. More like just sort of a dopey-looking bald guy. Mm. Um, and I've wondered for years why the artists drew him so off-model right. in that story. Mm-hmm. And now I know. Now you know. I mean, I still don't know if this is a great answer, but at least now you know. Yeah, so I don't know if or when he goes back. I assume he goes back because we see him in comics nowadays and he's got the eyes. But is somebody just going to forget that he had a design change? <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, it's a design change for the worse, I'll say that. Like, I think his original look was creepy as hell and, like, very distinct and cool. And now he just looks kind of like generic dumpy guy or something yeah as much as we didn't necessarily love our puppet master stories he had a really cool look Mm -hmm. that's like the best thing about him (laughs) so i don't really under i mean i kind of skimmed over what he's discovered 
because I kind of can't remember. But like on the one hand, he can turn people into things now, into statues now, or something. Is that why that girl looks so real that the thing bumped into, and why he didn't want Alicia to touch her because that was like a victim or something like that? Um, and, and if I that's the case, so. did they leave that poor victim a statue when they left the mall and wrapped the story up? Like no one that's rescued her. Is she real or is she fake? I don't really understand. Because he says he has new powers, but I don't really get what they are. Because um, I didn't get what his old powers were. I no longer try were. to control living people. Now I merely control the living statues I create. Um, that's what he did before, isn't it? Well, he, he has a ray that hit a cat and the cat turned into a statue. Oh, before he could control like the thing and stuff from a distance with his putty, with his like – Right, right. His voodoo stuff. That's what he used to do. Now I remember. So now he's just literally taking like an actual cat and turning it into a statue and then controlling that statue? But then what's up with the woman? He killed a woman. Or she's stuck permanently as a doll and like Kurt Busiek has to write that story someday. <laughs> but it says that she's constructed to shoot high-powered jets. So she's a machine. Okay. She's a life-size machine. Oh, because he... Because he's oh. also making this machine and the doll machine that can shoot ice and capture the thing. So it's like he's doing both. I don't think that the woman is actually one of his statues. He plans to turn Alicia into a statue. But look, she goes to touch it, and she's like, that's strange. It isn't made out of wax or any subject I'm familiar with. I wonder. And he's like, take your hands off that mannequin. No one but I may touch it. Like, he didn't right. want them to catch it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really get it either. He creates this – he goes out of his way to talk about how he can turn cats into statues and stuff, but then he doesn't do that in the issue, really. He just creates these puppet things to attack them. Mm-hmm. And he's creating a thing and a human torch puppet instead of, like, his plan being to turn them into statues. Yeah, he goes to the thing. He says, um, my first step was to undergo plastic surgery on my face. They wouldn't recognize it. My second step, they'll be destroyed by mere dolls, mere toys, which obey my every whim. As for Alicia, my stepdaughter, she must suffer the same fate because she casts her lot with them rather than with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't actually explain the Ice Queen, except that it's mechan- he does say it's mechanical, so it's not a person. Right. So he's just going back. He's just going back to manipulating robots and like he did. toys, yeah, like he did before. So he doesn't actually use his living statue power. You're right. It's like this four panels of this new power, and then he doesn't do anything with it. It's kind of weird. Anyway, that's very puppet master for you. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. I thought that the whole uh, 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 Pulp Fiction tell it out of order thing kind of worked, but at the same time, it just seemed like a thing that didn't matter that much somehow. Right. Like, I guess you could have just opened it with them going to the store, but... The classic, let's open with the action, then backtrack and tell you why the action is there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's hard to get invested in this story anyway. Yeah, maybe that's why. I am curious about, you know, the fact that the Puppet Master is now a mannequin, and what's going to happen to him next time. And I bet you he shows up at the Fantastic Four's wedding without any explanation. Because everybody's going to show up at that wedding. Good point. Yeah, we're getting to the point now where they don't explain things as much as they used to. They used to care more. Now it's like, this guy's just out of prison, I guess. Sure. (laughs) Sure, why not? And he he kept his, like, cosmic rod hidden in a plant over here. So Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. cool. All right. Well, this sounds like we're done. Yeah, I was just doing a quick look to see. After the annual, he's not going to be around again until uh, Astonish 78, oh. which is not super far away because we're doing 69 soon. 
Um, all right, cool. All right, uh, so Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange in a nameless land, a timeless time. Strange is this script by Stanley. Awesome is this art by Steve Ditko. Lilting is this lettering by Sam Rosen. As you recall, we've been listening, we've been reading like the last 28 stories or so of Doctor Strange versus a tag team of Mordo and Dormammu. Um, and Doctor Strange finally faced Mordo in his own house, I think. And Dormammu like put all his energy into Mordo and Mordo essentially evaporated Doctor Strange. And we're like, oh, I guess he's dead. We didn't really think that, though, did we? Because we opened with Mordo going, yes, he's dead. And Dormammu was like, you didn't really think that, did you? He is <laughs> actually disappeared. He's transported to another dimension, like Dragon Ball in the English version. And Mordo's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, and you'll never find him either because there's so many different dimensions. And he probably doesn't even know himself where he's going to get pulled into. So good luck. Um Meanwhile, we cut to uh, Dormammu's dimension because he's always talking to Mordo on a TV screen because he's not allowed to go into our dimension. There's that lady there whose name we don't know still that wears all the red and the pink and stuff, and she's worried about Doctor Strange. But I think that's the last we see of her this story because Doctor Strange is being pulled through all these different dimensions, and he finally gets sucked into one that I don't think has a name, but he immediately sees a female, only instead of pink with fishnets, she's wearing orange with fishnets. It's and a whole different fashion so, sense over there. It's a whole different fashion sense. And she's like, you, are you, uh, are you, uh, siding with my evil, dangerous sister who's stolen my throne? And Dr. Strange is like, no, that doesn't sound like me. I've never been here before, but before they can really get into it, her evil sister who's stolen her throne, like one of his minion, her minions comes along and decides that they are both, should be arrested. So they get trapped in a magic bubble. They get presented to the evil sister. She's like, I'm convinced that you brought this man here, sister, to attack me. And she tries to kill him with magic, but Doctor Strange kind of brushes it off. And she's like, now I'm really convinced because that's not something anybody can do. So she full-on attacks him. Unfortunately, Doctor Strange is very weak from his fight with Mordo still, and he needs like a few minutes to regain his strength meter back, his magic meter. So basically all he does is he just hurls over on a ball and hopes that she doesn't realize that and that she's de she thinks that she's defeated him, which she kind of does, and she puts him in like this jail thing. He can't even use his ectoplasm form. He's just too weak for it. Um at some point, the uh, 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 the Ancient One worries about Doctor Strange, but that's about all we get out of that. Um, he knows that he's vanished. Anyway, back to Doctor Strange. He uses his forehead eye to, like, there's a creature in the room with him, and he's decided he can look through the creature and the creature, and he can see the creature's memory, and the creature remembers the time that the evil sister first gained her power, some alien invaded, or some alien came along and was willing to teach her how to use the secrets of magic. And she turned around and used it against him and killed him and took his throne. And like the source of her power is like hidden in the throne. So now Dr. Strange knows that he calls the sister, the good sister with the orange clothes and has her rally the troops. They then confront the evil sister. He reveals uh, her, the source of her power 
And before she can do anything about it, he leaps onto it, and it basically looks like he explodes, at which point she is powerless. Doctor Strange is gone, but so is the source of her power, and she's surrounded by the good sister and the good sister's people, and they, like, take over. But Doctor Strange is not gone. It just looked like he exploded. Really what happened is he's back in dimension hopping, essentially. So next issue, we see where he lands next. Always hoping that the next leap will be the one. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's kind of this, it's kind of cool, but I don't know if I want this 400 more times, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like they have this saga going, but they're like, oh, wait a second. Doctor Strange is actually just our vehicle for telling weird hokey stories sometimes. Mm-hmm. So let's do that today. It's just like, but what about the momentum of the story that we were doing? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a cool setup. It reminds me of, you know, story arcs like, I mean, I've never even read this, but I know like the from crisis to crisis guys love it when that time Superman had to leave Earth or whatever. Right. You know, things like that. Exile. Where, yeah, where the heroes are kind of exiled and jumping. Or, you know, Excalibur did the same thing. They jumped from one dimension to another for a while. Yeah, you know? the, the time cross scraper. Right. So things like that. It is cool, but I really hope they come back to this whole Mordo taking over the world thing soon. Yeah. Hope so too. Maybe just like one more would be cool. And it's of course worth mentioning that we love Doctor Strange. So we're not trying to downplay him because he is of course played in the Marvel Cinematic Universe by Schreiber in a course. Of course. No, and it's cool. I mean, he, they they give you enough elements to where you still like they still have Mordo and Dormammu talking and we still get this unnamed woman who's worried about him. Doctor Strange, I mean, and we get a little bit of the ancient one, so we still have a connection. But like this whole drama with this planet that we've never heard of and we'll never see again, it was also, just kind of like. Eh. Is this is it starting to feel weird that she still does not have a name? A little bit, yeah. Like even knowing when she's going to get a name, I'm sitting here going, "Why doesn't she have a name yet?" Right. She just is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, he seems to think she's important. Yeah, and she well, she, she keeps showing up in the story. Yeah, like. If we had never seen her again after that thing until, like, you know, a couple of issues where he saves her or she helps him or something, and then they're like, oh, hi, how are you? She's like, hi, my name is, mm-hmm. and she said her name, that would be, I don't know, more normal, but to just, like, have her keep on showing up and actually not doing a whole lot, just being there. She is already just like someone to pine for Doctor Strange, kind of. Like, she doesn't say she loves him, but she's, like, barely enamored with the fact that he's the only one who's ever treated us like friends and taken on Dormammu. And mm-hmm. I worry about him, and I already have a tear for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's it's, it's going to go there. It's going to yeah, go Yeah, it totally him. will. Like, she doesn't have her own anything right now. Nope. Well, she does have a dad. I think I remember that, but that's about From it. From last time, yep. Yeah. Everybody has dads. Everybody has dads. But hers is like actively involved in her life, I think, or something. <laughs> um, yeah, this was like – I feel like this – the whole Dimension story was a couple of stories we've already seen kind of mushed together. Like I feel like we just read that one story where he figured out the secret to that guy's power who was being mean to his apprentice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then we do that here too. Apparently all he has to do is find the secret of your power and – take it or make it explode. And, and it's also a little bit of a trope to have like the whole death ray as transmat thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, I mean, science fiction is still young at this point. So, you know, comparatively speaking, maybe it's not as tropey as it feels, but 
every time Lily and I are watching a show and somebody important gets killed, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, where they get teleported to? <laughs> yeah. How come none of these dimensions have up and down or, you know, floors? It's just like structures in space? Well, I mean, this one eventually when they go to the – so the evil lady's castle, they finally do look like a – it looks like a room. But when he first gets there, it's like just like this plant floating in white space. Um, and that's what Dormammu's dimension looks like. If you look at what's-her-face just sitting there on a napkin. Right. Like are all other dimensions except ours like just floating things that float around and – Turns out floors are not a universal constant. Whenever people <laughs> visit our dimension, they think it's really weird that we actually have a ah. platform underneath us all the time. I guess that makes sense. It is kind of a drag, this gravity thing. Yeah, they just, I mean, you're walking along, you expect to be able to just like leap down to the next level at any point. And in our Earth, you can't do that. It's like the kid from the never ending story just hasn't imagined the rest of the world yet. <laughs> I love that reference. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Have you read the book? I haven't. Is there actually a book? For some reason, I didn't yes. know that. There's actually it's a German book, but you can get it in English translation. It's really good, mm. like really good. Um, strongly recommend reading it. If you're out there and you love the Neverending Story, get the book. Wow. Um, the The movie is the first half of the book. Oh wow! And, and then, then Neverending the, Story the second, Two is the second half. The second movie is loosely based oh. on the second half of the book. Well, I like that the second movie has Flash in it. But that's about all. Mm-hmm. I, that's all I really remember about it. And uh, yeah, he remakes remakes the world and stuff in, in the book. And uh, and yeah. Cool. Anyways, so Neverending Story. Oh, one more story. But one more story about the Neverending Story. Uh-huh. Then we'll go on. Uh-huh. Okay. The theme song, uh-huh. the Neverending Story. Yeah, of course. So I'm a I'm a child in the '80s, uh-huh. and I'm picturing this woman like on a stage. She's uh, a black woman and she's got this like long glitzy dress and she's singing the stage. And I don't know, it just, it just always had this really, really great image in my mind of this really classy, elegant singer singing that song. Mm-hmm. It's actually like an 18 year old kid with a mullet mohawk thing going on. What? And it's really. Not and this, this it's some guy. I don't even know his name. I'm looking right now. Giorgio. Oh no, performed by Lamal. Yeah, Christopher Lamal. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. He is so 80s. So 80s. So listener land. If you've never done this, go look up the Neverending Story theme song and look at the music video of it because it's it's kind of trash. <laughs> oh my God. He doesn't look so great now either for that matter. Like he just got his, the sides shaved off, but he still has the rest. Interesting. Oh, no. Interesting. I would have got the top shaved off. <laughs> right. I wonder, Anyways. I wonder if he goes around just singing that song in concerts, like milking that for all it's worth. Like, like Judy Garland and the friggin um, uh-huh. rainbow song. Except at least that song was pretty legend but anyway yeah, yeah. And, and well loved yeah um i don't know anything else on this one no i think it's it's good it's not the best to stop this was not a great issue of strange tales yeah is this the last issue of end. strange tales we have one more this is the penultimate issue of torch in the strange tales we have one more all right well let's okay. save the best for last save the best for last the avengers 
16 spectacular special issue, the start of a great new Avengers lineup. And I'm looking at that corner box and thinking we're probably about to say goodbye to that corner box. Oh yeah. I would hope so. So this, um, this issue picks up where the other one left off in the middle of a fight. Mm -hmm. It is dazzling script by Stan Lee dashing layouts by Jack Kirby, darling artwork by Dick Ayers and delicate lettering by Artie Simic. Mm -hmm. Um, and Giant Man, Iron Man, and Thor are in the middle of a street while everyone is running away because the Masters of Evil, Executioner, Enchantress, Softener, I mean Melter, <laughs> and Black Knight are standing there in the middle of the street ready to do damage to all the peeps. So Thor is like, you know what? If you try to do damage to all the peeps, the peeps are going to get damaged. So I'm going to use my Vortex Hammer Spin that I've used on Enchantress and Executioner and Zemo before, but I'm going to use it on all of us. So he soups up all the heroes and the villains in his hammer vortex spin, except Enchantress and Executioner sneak away so that they can go kidnap Jane Foster during the trial Ooh, of the gods. Good. Yeah. 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 See? Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, that's going to happen later because Thor is still here. He's not at the trial yet. Well, it happened earlier, uh, but it will happen later. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they go to some like barren world in some far off dimension or something. This one has a floor though. Mm-hmm. And um, basically they fight and the good guys take care of the bad guys. Meanwhile, back in South America, Zemo has died and Captain America has dug a grave, put him in it and placed a cross at the head. <laughs> And and oh, Baron this, Zemo's Christian, obviously. Obviously, mm-hmm. this took a really long time to do, but all he feels is a strange emptiness and a numb sense of disbelief. Um, so all of the people that Zemo has been ruling over start worshiping Captain America. He's like, no, 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 y'all are free now. Um, we're gonna go grab Zemo's jet and skadoosh, okay? Except that they start getting gunfired. Uh, shot at them because the mercenaries that were working for Zemo are going to uh, fight Cap and they blow up the jet with a grenade. So now um, now Cap and Rick have, have no way to get home. So Cap's like, I have an idea. Um, there's a time jump here. Next time, next panel, we see the Avengers, Iron Man, Giant Man, and Wasp are sitting around their table, and Thor has gone off to be in the Trial of the Gods. So Thor has officially left the book. He goes off to do Asgardian stuff, and um, there's no word from Cap, and Wasp is like, okay, so what about the idea of a leave of absence? Like a vacation? Like maybe not superheroing for a while? And Giant Man is like, I'm so sorry, Jan. I never thought about you. <laughs> and uh, Iron Man's like, you know, maybe we should all disband while no one else is here to tell us no. And so they decide that maybe they'll disband. But first, somebody shoots an arrow into their meeting room that starts generating smoke. They're like, where did that arrow come from? And they go outside and they find Jarvis all tied up. And standing in their foyer is the menacing figure of Hawkeye. 
And Hawkeye's like, no, 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 I'm not the menacing figure of Hawkeye. I'm the nice guy figure of Hawkeye. Um, I, I never got to tell you that I was only ever a, a criminal because of a misunderstanding, but now the Black Widow has been killed. Well, I think she was killed. She was still alive when I left, <laughs> but I couldn't stay around to see what happened to her. I got really worried and scared. So that she left in an ambulance? I, I don't know what's happening with her now. I, I left. And they're like, oh, okay. How about you untie Jarvis and we'll talk? So he puts Jarvis up against the wall, pulls back three arrows, and zing, 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 he cuts through all of the bonds on Jarvis. And they're like, well, we were just talking about getting rid of Avengers, and now you're here, so maybe you can be an Avenger. And then they go call Namor. Hey, Namor, do you want to be an Avenger? He's like, until my people rule the Earth's land again, you can shove it. And he's like, oh, okay. Um... There's a cat in my room and he's making noise in the background. And any of you out there who know what cats are like, there's really just nothing you can do about it. So I apologize if there's wrestling in the background. Um, meanwhile, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, they're at this like chalet in the Swiss mountains and Quicksilver's running in across the, the, the snowy mountains with a newspaper. He's like, Hey, my sister, the Avengers are looking for replacements and silently. The dramatic couple return to their rooms, only to reappear on the terrace moments later as the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. And I'm like, why did they change clothes? And why did they do it without talking? And like, how did they know to change clothes? Like, they just walk inside and get dressed and come back out? <laughs> so anyways... They're like, okay, let's go join the Avengers. So um, they send them a letter to New York City saying, hey, we're going to come join the Avengers. Um, Iron Man tells the press, hey, Hawkeye is going to be an Avenger. And they're like, yeah, where's Cap? Yeah, where's um, where's Thor? And like, uh, we'll, we'll tell you more later. So meanwhile, Captain America and Th uh, Bucky are like walking through the jungle of South America across Central America. They're just like walking. Through the jungle. He's swinging. Across the... Con okay, swinging, yes. But still, yeah. like, like, like non-motorized transportation along the length of a continent. He can run a mile a minute. With Bucky on his back? Okay, a mile every two minutes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He'll just be Bucky packing it along. Yeah, that's right. Um, they, they find an American and uh, a... a I say American. They find a person with light skin who speaks English and Bucky says we must be close to civilization. So <laughs> we're just going to let that be there, a thing that he says. And uh, the Hispanic man gives them a ride to the States and they finally get to New York City, but not before Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch get to New York City. And everyone's like, oh, are y'all going to join the Avengers now? Hey, Quicksilver, do some running for us. We want to see what running looks like. And Quicksilver's like, I just did. Should I do it again? And um, they uh, they go inside. Tony Stark is there. He's like, yeah, this is the mansion that the Avengers have. Y'all are probably going to be good Avengers. I'm going to go now. And he goes and turns into Iron Man. Captain America and Bucky arrive. They're like, hey, why is all this crowd outside Avengers Mansion? Captain America's like, okay, Bucky, um, I'll be right back. And he like leaps over the entire group and runs down the stairs. And inside Bucky's like, whew, hey, Cap. <laughs> and Cap's like, how did you get, what, what, what did you, uh, okay, fine. They go inside the meeting room and all three new Avengers are there. And Cap's like, um, did I 
joined the wrong comic book? What's going on here? And like, no, no, no. We got new Avengers because um, we're quitting. And Cap's like, wait, what? You you can do that? Like, yeah, you know, we've been Avengers a long time. You you haven't been an Avenger a long time. So we're going to go. And he's like, wait, three issues. <laughs> you were Avengers for three issues. So does that mean I get to leave after 19? Because that's how the math works. Yep. Um, so anyways, they make the announcement to the press of the new Avengers. The supervillains are like, oh, my gosh, we're going to do these new Avengers. And Iron Man's like, okay, old Avengers, y'all need to go find Hulk. Because Iron Man and Thor are super strong, and now that they're on the, not on the team anymore, you need some strength, so go find Hulk, and I'm going to leave. And Giant Man and Wasp, they, they, they skadoosh away, and Tony Stark gets driven away by Happy. Be- wait, wait, Happy's driving Tony? That's weird. Um, and yeah, we got new Avengers. Captain America, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Hawkeye, Avengers Assemble. The Kooky Quartet era. Yup, it's here. It's here. So just as a side thing, while I'm thinking about it, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if it's true or not, but I have a perception that a lot of people don't like Avengers too much. Not everybody, but some people don't like Avengers too much. A loud vocal group. The movie? Yeah, Avengers Age of Ultron, you know. They complain about it. I personally love that movie. But one thing I love about that movie is there is a scene – where Cap is fighting Ultron and Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch join in because they're finally disenchanted with Ultron. Right. And Hawkeye is also around there flying around helping. And then, of course, there's Black Widow, which kind of ruins it because that's the kooky quartet live. It is a scene, kooky quartet. Except for Black Widow. But still, I'm cool because she's cool. But I don't know. I just like that idea that like for one moment, because that's the only time really that they're all just them in a scene, mm-hmm. kind of. It's kind of neat. It is. But, I like that. But, uh, yeah, great issue. Fun, fun. It is really fun. I poked a few, you know, oh, a yeah. few needles at, like, the little sillier parts of the plot. But it really is a solid story structure. It 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 does its job. And, you know, Cap and Bucky, they – I think it's kind of funny that they get back and it's like the entire team has changed. Yeah. But also, I think it's really funny that Iron Man says, maybe we should disband – while we have the chance. Yeah. It's like, really? Like, you're doing this really sneaky, right? Aren't there bylaws or something? <laughs> well, I think somewhere they say you need three as, an, as a vote for things. And there's three of them. Uh, uh, okay. I did think that was kind of crazy, though, that they were – I mean, they weren't uh, – Wasp and Giant Man were looking for a leave of absence. And Iron Man's like, why don't we just stop altogether? It's like, wow, really? I don't remember that well, part funny of the about story. That is that of of the lot of them, he's the only one who's going to keep on having a comic. Like mm. Giant Man and Wasp are about to get canceled. That's a good point. Yeah, I just think that's interesting that he they actually toyed with the idea of disbanding altogether. Um, this beginning, I wish kind of was resolved in the last issue, but I don't know how they could have done that. But uh, you know, it's kind of silly, but also makes me think like, yeah, Hulk should never be able to beat Thor because he can transport you to a dimension where gamma radiation doesn't work or something. Right. Cause that's what he does here. He teleports them to a place where physics don't work and that they called this plan D they had this all worked out. They already figured out the dimension and everything. So it's like, Hey Avengers do that every time. That's pretty good. <laughs> but anyway, so after that though, um, I was wondering like, there's a lot of time passing in this issue. I think, I think there is too. Um, and I was wondering like, 
should the Avengers have looked for Cap? But then I started thinking, like, could they even do that? Because I'm pretty sure Cap was flying in a jet that was following something that was leading them to Baron Zemo, and none of the rest of them were in that jet. So they wouldn't even know where to begin, right? Do they even know that he has a base in South America? No, I don't think anybody does, as far as I know. Um, well... I don't know. That's where they fought them with Wonder Man, so I guess they would know Oh, that. shoot. You're right. The wasp got captured. Well, they never once suggest that maybe we should try and find him. They're just like, I wonder where he went. Yeah, I was actually just looking up that previous uh, previous series just to see, you know, what what the deal was with with how Cap left because they never did say. But let's let's we haven't heard from him. Yeah, maybe he's we captured. Maybe he needs our help. Maybe he's captured America. <laughs> he's captured America, stuck in Central America. Right. I, it is weird that he. I don't know if it's weird. Actually, I guess it's kind of cool that he buried his mortal enemy, but. At least it shows some respect, I suppose. But that did kind of surprise me. I forgot about that. Like, turning to page five, is like, oh, he buried Zemo. Well, I kind of dug the way this began. I feel like this is an honest-to-goodness two-part story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a single story spread over two issues with a dramatic point at the end of the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of, like, jump right in. You know the Avengers. You know, well, oh, I was also thinking at the beginning, like, the way this story opens could also work as a random story introduction. It's like, you know, the Avengers, you know what they do? Well, today we're going to catch them in the middle of a fight. Yeah. With the masses of evil. And, and you know, we'll do stuff from there. Yeah, that's true. So I thought it worked. Yeah. Um, Thor is thinking, I can totally take the executioner, but it's going to be a few minutes. I'm not sure the rest of y'all can handle the others. So he takes a lot of them to another dimension because he's like, we can't beat them all. He's mostly thinking, I can't beat them all, and y'all aren't much help. <laughs> I can't beat them all quickly, anyway. Yeah, I could probably yeah. beat them all. Uh, when they say Plan D, uh-huh. the movie player in my brain said, that's D for dirtbags. <laughs> so when I yell, hey, dirtbags, that means you. What movie is that from? That's Police Academy. Oh, wow. It's been a yeah. while. Um. Yeah, Wasp just, just like sits there mm-hmm. and is like, yeah, I just thought, I, you know, I didn't really feel like I was needed. And I just thought that was like a little meta commentary. Jack, Jack, why don't you draw more Wasp action? You, you're drawing the story. Do, make Wasp do more. Yeah. That said, it's adorable how Giant Man is holding Black Knight. I don't know. That's funny. That is cute. You now that he's going 30 feet or 36 and a half feet or whatever it was. <laughs> 35. 35 feet, yeah. Um. So there's a rocket. I was looking at the last issue. The rocket plane from the Avengers, um, Captain America gets in it. Mm-hmm. And they were all in it, but then they all jumped out except for him. Right. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, this is going to be our fight to the finish. So they didn't even talk to them. He just, he just leaves in a jet plane uh-huh. and they don't know when he'll be back again. But they knew that he was chasing after Rick because that's what started the whole thing in the first place. Oh, that's right. So that's right. they should be like, I wonder what happened to Captain Rick. Not like, he went out for coffee and never came back. Like he was part of this mission, rescuing this kid that got kidnapped straight off their front lawn. And none of them are like, let's go find out. I don't know. Maybe if Thor's missing, they can't track anything with their, his Uru tingles or something. <laughs> Iron Man also, can. It was his jet. You ever know that whole like waking somebody up because it's time to go to bed and they've fallen asleep and you got to get them up to get them to bed? You have a kid. You've done that before, right? Mm-hmm. They had to unbury Zemo in order to bury him. Oh, yeah. He was covered in rocks. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's even more noble of the fella. Yeah. Give him a proper burial. So they, 
dig him out of the rocks and then dig up a whole grave. That's more than Zemo's worth, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I thought the people working for Zemo were actually like German military that maybe had stayed loyal to him because they had Zemo armbands last issue. Mm-hmm. But it says here specifically that they're mercenaries, and that makes more sense. Yeah. And I love how everybody just fights over the plane and then it ends up blowing up. That's kind of funny. Um, they're sitting around wondering, you know, what to do. And they mention, and, and Gi- Giant Man doesn't know where Thor is. And Jan's like, he went to go to the Trial of the Gods. Mm-hmm. Later comics give us flashback scenes where Thor talks to Iron Man and to the other two before leaving. So Hank was there, which means Jan's comment is probably a little sharp. Like, remember, he had to go. <laughs> you never listen. You're always thinking about science. Right. And I kind of I kind of dig that Jan was very gung-ho about superheroing at first. Mm-hmm. But maybe she's tired of being a fifth wheel all the time. All the dudes hogged the spotlight. So maybe she's just sort of like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I hate his response. Though. I'm a fool, honey. I never thought how much tough it must be for you. What does that mean for me? I don't even know. Why is it for me that it's tough and not the rest of you? Whatever. Oh, Hank. Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeye shows up and reminds us that he actually wasn't supposed to be a criminal to begin with, which I kind of forgot. Yes. But it's true. He was trying to save somebody and it was all misunderstanding until he became and a, then after that it was all like a terrorist for a girl. Or a, exactly. He was literally terrorism for a girl. Yeah. I don't want to be a I, – I'm American, honey. Yeah, I just want you to kill Iron Man. Okay, that's cool. That's not communism. That's just killing Iron Man. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, he ties up Jarvis, which is not – like he's not really good at, at portraying himself as not a bad guy because his idea is to tie up Jarvis and that's going to make the Avengers happy. It's kind of like whenever Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch went to Baxter Building and like forced their way in. Right. Like you're just you just you haven't done this very much yeah, yet, yeah. have you? Uh, I would love to read the Avengers manual. I don't know if they ever actually made one, but I really want to know what the bylaws yeah. say in the Avengers manual. I wonder who wrote it. Oh, it's got to be. Gee, I don't know who's who's nerdy enough to write an Avengers manual. Not Thor, Captain America. Yeah, but he wasn't around for the first three issues. Did they have it before that? I don't know, but he sits around the house all day long. Yeah. He is not busy. He has nothing to do. Ah. We've talked about that in his solo stories. That's like he just true. sits in the Avengers Mansion. I bet you he wrote the book on the Avengers. He might literally. have. You know, because they were all just walking around following everybody who's shattered in order. Maybe it was his idea. And he's like, Yeah. What if we need some you know, I, I was in the military. What if we had like a book we, of regulations? We need some rules like the Kiwanis Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh I f- what is up with Hawkeye not even following the ambulance to the hospital? Like, not waiting to see if the girl he loves is going to die. He says he doesn't want to learn what happened after that. He was afraid to find out. That seems like a cop-out. Yeah, that's a weird move. <sighs> like, you hold out every hope that the woman you or the person you love is going to die or going to stay alive until they aren't anymore. Have you ever been in a relationship where you think you love them, but you also feel like this relationship might be bad for me and it's maybe not working and I'm going to find any excuse I can to separate myself from them or distance myself from them and, and then when they actually they get shot by russians they get shot by russians and taken away in a in an ambulance maybe you're like you know maybe i should just not keep visiting her because she keeps trying to have me murder people and i'm trying to be a good guy i know i'll go boot of the avengers because they're good guys i'll go avenge her not death yeah 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 i think it was just a you know poor writing cop out but that's what i went with like he kind of maybe knows the relationship's bad so he's staying away <laughs> Because the spell got broken when she gets shot and taken away in a hospital or an ambulance. 
They ask Namor to join the team. He says no. I love that they asked the eighties. Yeah, yeah. It kind of like makes him feel like part of the universe Mm -hmm. in a way. Have you read the issues where he becomes an Avenger? Yeah, that's all Roger Stern stuff. That's like my favorite Avengers era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's gonna lose his place in Atlantis again, and he's gonna go go be an Avenger. And he and Hercules are gonna fight all the time, which is fun. Sweet. Yeah. No, I forgot that they asked him. I think that's kind of cool. And, you know, they at least have one person in this book that turns him down. Although I love that he's like, no, I would never do that. You're lame. But you honor me. (laughs) (laughs) Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch talk. And Wanda says that she will yield to Pietro because he's the older one. Uh Uh-huh. Which she said in X-Men. Did she say that in X-Men too? I believe so. Or maybe I was just thinking of this. They're not twins yet. Or he was born three minutes early. But right. I think like, again, just carrying over from X-Men 11, where he's finally like, okay, I'm done with this following you because this is what you got us into. So now you're going to follow me for a while. And she's probably like feeling guilty that she got them into that mess in the first place. So she's going to follow him for a while. And I also, yeah. I also like that they took a break, clearly, because they're like in the Alps in sweaters and stuff. Um, or in Switzerland. Or I don't know where they are. They're somewhere. Somewhere snowy. Um and that, that jives with X-Men 11, too, because they didn't want to join the X-Men because they claimed they were tired of fighting and tired of mm-hmm. war. And so I don't know how long it's been, but they've obviously had a moment to kind of relax and think it over. And I think they – P- go ahead. Pietro clarifies here. He's not – he's tired of mutants. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Like, um, see, the Avengers aren't really in the whole homo sapien, homo superior war. So mm-hmm. he doesn't have to take a stand there. He can just be a good guy. And the look on Wanda's face on page 10, she's clearly not entirely happy with this, although I think that changes by the end of the issue. Um, but I'm thinking here, maybe she's feeling guilty over how badly things went with Magneto, because oh, that yeah. was largely her oh, devotion to him that kept them Totally there. her, yeah. Um, page 11, I think we feel, this feels all very fantastic for you. I don't know that the Avengers have had a whole, like, meet the press, you know, how does the reality, how does the world treat them, their famous celebrity type you know, story beats yet. So this was kind of cool. Yeah, this is the most public they have been in their series. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like this scene should have gone before the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver scene. Uh, yeah, so they could see him on TV or something. Yeah, Quicksilver reads in the papers, hey, they're looking for new Avengers. And here they announce, hey, we're looking for new Avengers. Well, my copy's digital. I can just swap it. And it works. Oh, yeah, just switch the pages. It works just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, page 12... <sighs> Panel two, I've been promising the Wasp a vacation for months, and I can't disappoint her again. But remember, we're only taking a leave of absence. We're not planning to resign forever. Well, well. Which is a promise to return out of cancellation, even though readers wouldn't suspect that his monthly series was about to be canceled. Well, I mean, they do both return at some point, but I don't think it's anytime soon, is it? About a year. Oh, really? That's all? Yeah. Which, you know, for us to be... Almost a year. <laughs> if we, yeah, when we get there. Uh, Caps exclaims, a white man being attacked by a leopard. Which, you know, I guess that's just observation. But then, like you said, Rick follows that up with, he speaks English. We must be getting near civilization. He doesn't seem like a white yeah. man to me because he says, you saved me, senor. Lily heard me saying that out loud. Uh-huh. And she steps out with like this aghast look on her face with like, oh my gosh, what are you reading? Uh-huh. So, well, you know. Fair- in fairness to Rick, they were just hanging out with. A bunch of people in loincloths who worshipped Captain America as a god. So maybe that's what he meant. Mm -hmm. But fair-skinned Hispanic is very common, which I only point out because whenever I was a kid, I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
just the areas where I lived, the Hispanic population always tended towards darker skin. Um, it, I was literally in college before I realized that um, white Hispanic was a thing. Mm. So that's on me, but I want to point it out now in case there's anyone else out there living in the same bubble I lived in, that um, white Hispanic is definitely a thing. I like that Tony came to meet them at the airport. I don't know why. Yeah, with Happy. That was just kind of a cool little beat that Tony being in the Avengers doing Tony things. I don't know. Being a representative. We don't see him do that very often. No, he's not, he hasn't really been like a representative of the Avengers as Tony, really. And we're going to see him doing Tony things in the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. series, too. So mm. it's kind of like he's, he's going to – Tony Stark as a person, as a personality, is going to start gaining prominence a little bit in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, then Quicksilver shows off, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they don't ask to see Wanda's power. <laughs> they don't. Which I feel like he kind of covers for at the end. They will find my sister's hex power equally interesting. Yeah, I wonder if they're like, don't show that off though, Wanda, because it probably just means like a building will explode and everybody will die. So I'll just. Or maybe they're just not entirely sure what it, how it works. Yeah. How, what do you hex if no one's attacking you, maybe? Yeah, yeah. If everybody's just standing around wanting to see a demonstration, like, what do you do? So Iron Man says with Thor gone and Giant Man and me leaving, I wonder if they will have the raw strength, mm-hmm. which they'll need. I, if only we could find the Hulk. I wonder that, too. Um, Except for the Hulk I do have part. to ask. Yeah, because, like, why on earth would he rejoin them after the way they treated them? I'm trying to remember, like, the last time we encounter them is Giant Man feeling bad for how they treated him and going to see him, right? In a Giant Man issue. Yeah. And all the rest of the Avengers seemed like they didn't care, if I remember correctly. So it is – maybe they're all just, like, feeling guilty. Maybe Giant Man has had a talk with them. And uh, I don't know. It's not a great idea, honestly. It's really not. It's not. It's kind of strange. Maybe Iron Man's like, I don't mind Hulk being on the team if I'm not on it. But he's not um, wrong because these dudes, like, this is a serious power deficit compared to what they had. And it's interesting that they, they like, point to that, too, at the beginning. Like, we have a new Avengers team, and by the way, they're a bunch of wusses. <laughs> well, I like that Iron Man recognizes it because if nobody said anything, I'd kind of be like, what's going on here? Like, how do you not know that the new roster is not nearly as mighty as the old roster? Well, immediately, letter writers start saying, by the way, your new Avengers are a bunch of wusses. What's the deal? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We um, It does, I think, open the door for a lot more personality interaction. Because one thing about Cap's kooky quartet, personality is a really strong player. Oh, yeah. Like, egos oh, and yeah. relationship dynamics come out in ways they had never done so far. Right, because it's like Thor... And even Cap, Thor, Cap, Iron Man, and Giant Man are all kind of milk toast guys, you know, mm-hmm. in a way. Where we got Hawkeye is going to be a hothead, and we know Quicksilver is grumpy, um, and Scarlet Witch is a girl, so that's just going to be crazy. And Cap's Cap's outdated <laughs> in his thinking, so yeah, it should be like really fun to pair them all together. You know what it makes me think of? Hmm. Makes me think of how the Justice League of America in the '60s was, apart from power sets. The dialogue was basically cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. You could almost rearrange the dialogue balloons in any Justice League story from this era, and it wouldn't really matter who was saying what. Oh, I'm sure you could do that with these guys, too. Yeah. So they're changing it up and then therefore changing the dynamics of the team. Now Hawkeye's a person. Mm-hmm. Quicksilver is a person. And Steve is a person as far as how they relate to each other. So maybe was, maybe that was part of the, of the reason behind the change. Boy, it's too bad. 
Subby didn't join this team because what that would have been what a personality <laughs> clashing that would have been and we'd have some strength to go with it although he's gonna be a little bit of the tone of quicksilver yeah Quicksilver's gonna be kind of be that's that, true there's that there's, arrogant there's already enough arrogance maybe so it made me laugh on the bottom of 15 um tell general curtis i'm grateful to him for having us flown to the state so quickly lieutenant he was glad to do it especially after the state department verified your a1 priority and rick says that avengers id card sure carries a lot of weight eh, cap? <laughs> Right? Yeah. That it's really handy. I, I I stole it from you that one time. And I and, and so, I talked to the president with it. <laughs> Rick. Um uh, oh, and not a hint of condemnation for Zemo's death. Wait till they find out that Zemo is dead and you did it all by your lonesome. Yep, he's not guilty about it at all. Nope. Um which I think makes sense. So put a pin in that and when we get to Captain America three twenty one we can figure out. We can talk more we can about it. Out Sounds what's good. Going on. Uh, look at there's a little Captain America statue on page 16 already in the Avengers Mansion. They already created busts for themselves. Oh, look at that! I wonder, do you think they got Alicia to, to carve that? Of course, Alicia does all the statue work in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. She does. Um, does that say BSTV? Where? At oh the top yeah, of BSTV. 16. How funny! I didn't notice that. Is that. Funny. Um, I love the little entrance and like everybody's just already there and he's like, what's going on? I don't know. That's just kind of a cool set. And uh, the panel where Giant Man is throwing Cap in the air because he's happy is just like one of the coolest panels ever. It is a really, really fun panel. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a couple of points here that made me snicker. Um, They walk in and everyone's like, Cap, 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 Cap. Mm -hmm. And Rick says, what am I, a fever blister? (laughs) And they keep ignoring him. No one talks to him in the next panel. Nobody cares about Rick. You ever notice and that then, he talks a lot and nobody cares about Rick? Like, when am I going to be an Avenger, crickets? <laughs> chirp, 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 chirp. I'm going to go play with Hulk next issue. Yeah. Um, so Iron Man, not Iron Man, Giant Man throws Cap in the air. Mm-hmm. We're sure glad to see you, you old shield spinning scalawag. He's like, whoa there, big boy. I appreciate your enthusiasm, but that's still my butt that you're grabbing. <laughs> I'd be impressed by a handshake. Yeah. Uh, poor Cap. Like, these are the only friends he has. And they're all leaving because he wasn't around. Oh, yeah, they are. So that must be kind of devastating, right? You would think. I would think so, yeah. Like, literally, who else does he have? I guess Rick, but that's not really a peer. That's just like a kid he's mentoring. So it's like, yeah, you know all these guys, the only guys you know? Well, we've all decided to quit and Thor is missing. So they sort of catered him into this modern world. Mm -hmm. And now they're leaving him to lead the team that he was the junior boy on. Right. Now, I mean, I, I pointed this out earlier. He's not really a junior boy because they found him in issue four. But still, well, like yeah. from his perspective, he wakes up and it's the Avengers. And now he's part of them. But when you start a job, everybody who's already been at that job, they might as well have been there forever. Because they were the status quo when you came in. And we talked about at the beginning of this episode, we've been covering the Avengers in their solo careers forever. So they've been doing that Mm -hmm. before Cab even woke up. And we don't know technically how much time passed in issues one, two, and three. Maybe it was years. Maybe it was days, months. I don't know. True. Um, It could have been the full six months of calendar time. It could have been. Uh, Because there's six months between one and four. But yeah, I just think it's like that look on his face is like, gosh, everybody I know is quitting. Yeah. And now I'm stuck with these guys I don't know because he doesn't know Hawkeye or Quicksilver or Scarlet Witch. 
Um, because I'm me, I looked up the history note when it says there hasn't been as much public interest since the last presidential election. Mm-hmm. The last presidential election was uh, Lyndon Johnson winning against Barry Goldwater mm-hmm. by a landslide. Mm-hmm. So nobody covered it because it wasn't interesting. <laughs> I think a lot of people covered it. Yeah. I think a lot of people voted. Yeah. Also, in that group of villains there, Kang is just reading his history books. He's just like sitting there reading. He's really excited at this part. Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next. I must follow every development for soon I shall strike again. Also, there's two Kings floating around in those heads, which is funny. And Immortus has never actually faced them because he wasn't there. Right. Or does he remember the other time? I don't know. But he's also Kang. So it's just the same guy twice. Uh, Yeah. 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 This will be interesting. Rick Rick Jones. I guess I'll never be a full-fledged Avenger. Nope, Rick. (laughs) You really Crickets. Won't. Sorry. I like the mood of the end, how like the old guard kind of lets the new guard, they shuffle the new guard out the front door to meet the press and then they sort of just skulk out the back, you know? Yeah. That was cool. It was a, it was a nice poignant ending. Mm-hmm. So like this is a big first for us because, you know, we only have three team books and X-Men have not changed their roster and Fantastic Four have not changed their roster and, you know, we've had one Hulk to cap switch, but this is like a big major team shift yeah i honestly wasn't sure that we would get here like when we started the show Mm -hmm. this was like one of the big milestones i saw as being like down the road Mm -hmm. Uh, when we got to the avengers number one the avengers 16 still felt so far away (laughs) it was it it seems like a long time ago we covered avengers one it's it's been literally a year oh my god (laughs) i think it was around issue episode 30 so wow I'm pulling that out of memory. I could be wrong. But do you want to take a moment? Um, do you want to talk about how you feel about these three on the Avengers? Especially, I mean, Hawkeye says on page 11 that he he wants to always do the name of the Avengers proud. And what do you think? I was actually going to ask you, what do you think of the original Avengers now that they're gone? Do we have any reflections on how good they were or not good? Because um, I feel like we didn't love a lot of those stories. And that, yet this is the founding team. Yeah. Last time I read through this run... I had a really hard time getting through these first 15, 16 issues. Mm-hmm. I found a lot of them a chore to get through. I had a lot more fun with them this time. Yeah. But there's definitely like a good 25% of them that are strong clunkers. Yeah. Like, I mean, and others that are just kind of, kind of there. It introduces some cool villainy that may or may mm-hmm. not be cool yet, but like they're introduced anyway. Like, I don't know how great that Kang story was, but at least we know who Kang is now. Right. Uh, right. And, of course, the Masters of Evil and all that. But, yeah, I kind of feel like it's weird how, like, every statue is the original founders. And yet, those weren't necessarily golden stories for me. They no. were okay. No. Avengers 4 was amazing. That's about it. <laughs> um, but as far as these new people, I, I, uh, 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 you know, I know I've read some of this before, but I can't remember because it's been so long. So, I am excited about the personalities that these four bring to the table, like we've said already. Um, I know Hawkeye and Cap will be clashing a lot. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling Quicksilver will just clash with everybody a lot. Uh, I think they're gonna have gonna to get- they're gonna have to be more interesting in their fights and stuff because now they don't have gods who can transport people to other dimensions anymore. So right. that should be interesting. I think they're gonna get more more scrapes where that's actually difficult for them to get out. Mm-hmm. Um I think they're going to get a chance to develop as people. Yep. And um, I think power sets might undergo some development too to kind of keep that drama, uh, keep the drama going in different ways. 
when I know whenever Giant Man comes back, his size changing ability is is a point of um, a point of drama. And we're gonna get, I assume, more definitive leadership because how can they rotate leadership with this group? But oh yeah, I I think I mean I don't remember exactly if it's ever addressed, but my my memory is that that's gone. Mm-hmm. Cap's the leader mm-hmm. now. It's just no ifs ands or buts about right. it. Right, which is much more Avengers like to have a to have yeah. a specific yeah. leader. This is very uh, end of Age of Ultron whenever Cap is up on the balcony uh-huh. looking down, and they wow. all you know assemble before him. That is true. Except Quicksilver's alive. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Now I want to watch Age of Ultron again. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good movie. I like, like it. You know, story of my life. I get out of the movie having had a great time, <laughs> and then I go home and find out the internet's reasons for yeah. why I should have hated it. Yeah. Here's why you should hate it. Top 10 reasons Ultron fails. Okay. Did you know that we're supposed to hate Ewoks? Oh, yeah, because it's just a toy device and they can't possibly beat Stormtroopers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. I've heard that before. Yeah. It's just bizarre. All righty. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of our episode. Is that? Shall we? That's um, not the end of the month, is it? Uh, no, no. We have three more issues this month, which you are going to tell them about. Oh, look how I led right into that on accident. Um, We have... For your homework assignment, kids, the rest of the month is going to be Tales of Suspense number 66, which looks to be a story of Iron Man versus Atuma and Captain America fighting Red Skull again. Uh, Fantastic Four number 35, guess who's back? Doctor Doom. And guess who's going to help them fight Doctor Doom? Wow. Daredevil. Interesting. And Amazing Spider-Man number 25, captured by J. Jonah Jameson. What? Jonah gets a robot. And if you love yellow covers, there are people out there who really love yellow covers. I don't know. It's a group. It's a thing. This one is a yellow cover. Is that like a um, like an AA group, like a 12-step program for people who love yellow covers? I don't know. I've seen like Twitter accounts where people are just posting yellow covers whenever they can find them. Like that's just their favorite thing. So here's one, but they probably know about it already. All right. Well, over on the Twitter lands, we have recently been followed by – Mike Rockatansky at Mad Mike six one three, Born Loser USA comics no context at Born Loser USA. All images are from comics in their collection. Uh, Mister Doctor at Max underscore Jeebus two one seven. Just some guy, artist, comics, music enthusiast, fighter of evil, and what have you. If I blocked you, it's because you're an a hole. <laughs> David Gallagher. Writer of Ghost Recon, Only Living Girl, High Moon, and Green Lantern. Co-founder of At Bottle Lightning. Co-host at At Four Love Comics Podcast. So we have another professional following us. He has a check by his name. Wow. Cool. So, David, I hope you're enjoying the show. And Randy Watts at Lord Randy. I intend to live forever. So far, so good. Awesome. So those are following us over on Twitter, and you can follow us too, twitter.com slash makeoursmarvel. We always appreciate people mentioning the show, retweeting it, and telling all their friends about it when you go out like to the pub on Fridays and such. Say, hey, there's this podcast. You should listen to it. And like, how do I watch a podcast? No, 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 no. It's an audio medium. Right. That Well, where can they? Uh, is there a video podcast? I don't know. I think video podcasts are a thing. I have seen some video podcasts. But if they want to listen to us, where if can they If you want to listen to us and not watch us, you can go to makeoursmarvel.com where all the links are to audio stuff. Uh, you can also just search in your audio podcast apps for makeoursmarvel.com. 
On our website is also the links to our social media for Facebook and Twitter, which we were just thanking. So if you follow us there, we will thank you too. And if you want to interact more, you can email us, which we love, podcast at makearsmarvel.com. Sometimes, or we always end up reading them eventually. So get your questions or comments or criticisms in, and we'll do another episode of that. And also don't forget to leave reviews or at least star ratings on uh itunes because i think that magically helps us out somehow with an, in an algorithm or something i can be followed on twitter at john reads comics i uh, can be also heard at the image podcast all the pouches on twitter at all the pouches my transformers podcast uh, as we're recording it launches in two days I'm only a lot nervous about that. That is Return to Cybertron, a TFUK podcast, which is on Twitter at TFUK podcast. So if you like the Transformers and want to hear their comic book adventures from the 1980s, the entire continuity, not just the US stuff, but the UK stuff as well, go check that out. And also, um, I do tweet over at Let's Talk Wanda about the life of the Scarlet Witch as I read books for this show. So um, there are some thoughts tweeted over there about her appearances in this issue and what it means for her life so far. And uh, I guess that's our episode. I think that's it. Ooh, ooh. Um, normally, um, you sign us out, but I, I, I brought one today. Can I do it? Yeah, okay, cool. So how do we do this? So until next time, or until John Wilson learns how to pronounce Benedict Cumberbatch, make ours marvel. Wait, what?